creative businesses are built on relationships. And when you're looking to grow your client pipeline, that can feel a little soft. It's like, Lex, I don't wanna talk to people. They're messy, they're unpredictable, they're human. Okay, but when I tell you that I interview creatives about how they fill their client pipeline, and it's at least 50 to 75% from their relationships, does that help change your mind? Luckily, there are a lot of mechanisms that go into building relationships. It may be more organic than other marketing levers, but it's still very much in your control. And there's more skill here than meets the eye. So how do you get better at cultivating relationships so they pay off more in your life and in your business? Today on the show, I speak with Taylor Harrington. Taylor is head of community at Groove, a co-working app for creative entrepreneurs. Taylor is an expert in creating and growing communities. Her content, her events, and experiences are all so fresh and generous on a very tired internet. In this episode, we talk about the difference between networking and community building, how to get smarter about who you're spending time with, and when to expect those relationships to pay off. I'm Lex Roman. I help creatives make smarter marketing bets, and you're tuned in to the Low Energy Leads Show. Taylor Harrington, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a joy to spend some time with you and hit record. I'm excited to see what happens. What a joy. Yeah, we've had several conversations about community, one on your podcast for Groove. And I'm really excited to dive in today because as we were talking before we started recording, a lot of us are out there networking and we struggle with this idea of community and how it overlaps with business. And I think you embrace that so well. Community means so many things to so many people. How do you define community? It's a tough question because I think there are so many different definitions out there. The one that I'm currently working on and working with is I think it's two pieces. I think one of them is it's a container for people to gather. So it's a group of people coming together for some sort of shared identity, shared purpose. And then the other piece of it that I think can't get left out of the conversation is the feeling associated with community. So I, years ago, read a speech by a woman named Marina Keegan, and she talked about this idea of the opposite of loneliness. And so the opposite of loneliness she defines as not quite love, not quite community, but this feeling that there are an abundance of people who are in this together, who are on your team. And I just fell in love with that. Like, why don't we have a good word for the opposite of loneliness that captures that? And so that's, you know, it's part of community, but the community also has that container aspect. So community to me is the opposite of loneliness plus the intentional container of gathering. Yeah. Is that where on your team came from your podcast name? It, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've been, yeah, I've been obsessed with this definition for so long. Um, I mean, truly, like since I was in high school, I read this speech many years ago. And when we were thinking about names for the podcast, um, Josh on our team, our CEO and co-founder, I he knows how obsessed I am with the opposite of loneliness in this speech. And I said, Josh, I think the name for the podcast is right in this definition because it really is about people who are on your team, who are in this together. But when you're a team of one, that looks a little bit different. So hence the name on your team for the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I love, you, I love that you know that now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did I miss that? I love that sentiment. Um, I mean, I loved it. I, I got the sentiment when you named the podcast that. But I want to yeah. dive into that for a second because I do think there's been this shift in the last, I don't know, like five years that I've noticed towards an immense amount of solopreneurship, an immense amount of freelancing 
And especially in the U.S., there's a sentiment that, like, you're going it alone. Like, mm-hmm. it's you, right? You're the team. And, like, good luck to you out there sailing on your, you know, ship of one. So yeah. how do you see that? Like, what does the team look like when you don't have a team? Yeah. Well, now that I'm several episodes in, too, I get, like, an appreciation for this wider definition because I do ask all of our guests, who is someone that is on your team that you know really well? And what that looks like is someone who's been inspiring you, someone who has been cheering you on, someone who has been teaching you. And this is a person that you know well. And then I also ask the same question of someone that you don't know well. Who is someone that is further away that you're learning from? They probably don't know your name. You've never met, but maybe you read their newsletter. They're an author you admire, whatever that is. And I think that that approach of defining our team as like this circle of people who are around you that you may be anonymous to, or you might know that person to meet up with them every single day or every single week. Um, You don't know. Uh, So I think that wider definition of a team is really the people who are cheering you on and also people who understand you at your core. I think for so many of those business owners and solopreneurs, it's really hard to feel understood and seen in this work. Um, For so many people that question of like, tell me, tell me about who you are. Tell me about your work is hard to answer because it's like, well, do you have five minutes? <laughs> um, and so I think that that's what I love about being around these types of humans is that it's not easy to answer that in one sentence or even a, a sweet, quick phrase. Um, but when you have other people who get that and who get that you are someone who loves to wear the different hats, you're dipping your toes into different things. Uh, it feels like there's this wider definition of team out there and of people who get you and get it. Yeah. It's, I really like that sentiment of like the orbits that, that y'all have in group mm-hmm. because that's sort of what you're describing, right? It's like, there's people that you don't know. They're on the outer edge of your orbit. There's people that you know really well. They're on the inner edge and people are sort of like mm-hmm. moving inward in your, in your uh, community solar system, if you will. I love that yeah. idea that you're like pulling them in closer. Yeah. And I have found that to be so true many of us go it alone and then it's like oh we find these these kindred spirits and we're like why have we been where have you been all this yeah. journey <laughs> so on on that note we talk a lot about networking networking feels very transactional community feels less transactional what do you think mm-hmm. the main operating difference is there i think about it like puzzle pieces okay <laughs> networking is like me saying hey lex do you have this puzzle piece And you saying, yes, I have that puzzle piece or no, I don't. Whereas community is over time, you're building a relationship with someone. So I'm collecting puzzle pieces every time I interact with you. So I get to know you, you know, we got to know each other inside a group. I get to know you in a groove and maybe I collect a puzzle piece. Oh, Lex likes this type of thing. Lex likes drinking this kind of drink in the morning. Um, Whatever those puzzle pieces are, I start to collect them about who you are in this narrative of who you are. So over time, I start to build up this puzzle of, I understand Lex. And so then I'm able to say, hey, Lex, I'm looking for this puzzle piece. Any chance you have one or do you know of someone else? And when I ask it at that point, since I've already collected puzzle pieces, I have a pretty informed decision that either you have that piece or you might know someone with that piece. Whereas that networking of like, hey, Lex, do you have this puzzle piece? I don't know you. (laughs) It's like very different. Um, So (laughs) that's sort of how I think about it visually is a collection of puzzle pieces. And when you start to build up that puzzle, you can make a lot more informed ass or say, hey, I need help about, I need help with this, or I'm looking to be connected with this kind of person. 
and it's a lot easier to um, get that puzzle piece filled, to find it <laughs> when you know someone. What an analogy. Yeah, I think that's so strong. And I, what you said there about understanding who that person is and building a narrative of who they are so that those asks are relevant to them and don't come out of left field is really a thing that a lot of folks are missing, right? That like sort of mutual understanding. And I think the word that I go back to is the word generous. Um, when I worked in my last job working with um, an author named Seth Godin on his workshops at Akimbo and Alt MBA, the word generous came up all the time in that community because it's really the act of, of I mean, approaching with generosity, approaching with this idea of like, I'm here to serve a greater good. And I think the most generous thing you can do when you ask someone for something, like if I were to say, hey, Lex, I'm looking for a connection for, to another community leader based in New York. And I say, do you, do you know anyone? That's somewhat general. Like you might know a New York City community leader, but if I say I'm looking for someone who, like, who regularly hosts events in New York City, and they love bringing people together in tiny, intimate groups. So I'm looking for someone who is an event host and community leader who brings people together in tiny, intimate settings of 10 people or less, because I really want to ask them about the venues that they're doing this at. Do you know anyone? And it's so much easier for you to say, like, let me sift through all my puzzle pieces I've collected <laughs> and say, yes, I do, or no, I don't. And it's that specific ask is so generous. Um, I, I had someone ask me the other day, they're looking to start a women's space in New York City. And she asked, oh, do you know of anyone I should be connected to? And I'm at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. Like, do you know anyone I should be connected to? And I'm like, well, what do you want to be connected on? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I yeah. think that's the thing is like, you, it's so generous as the person, like I want to receive the specific ask. So it's an easy yes or no. So if you are trying to build up that network, if you are trying to connect with someone to find a new client, be as specific as you possibly can, because then you're going to get the answer that you want. Um, whether it's a yes or a no, it's going to be a hell yes or a no, but maybe talk to this poor person or a no, but you know, here's this other option I would consider. Yeah. Oh, I love the specificity. It's so true that people are in this mode of like, I should just meet as many people as possible. I got a, I had a calendar invite on my calendar this week from a random company and I wrote them and I was like, what is this meeting about? And they were like, it's just to get to know you. And I was like, about what? Like, <laughs> you know, like specificity yes. wins, you know? Well, and as business owners or as people that, you know, are like a, as a community leader myself, like my story's out there. You can find out who I am, what I do. I've spent a lot of time on my LinkedIn crafting that story. I've spent a lot of time on my website. Don't get on a call and ask me those dumb questions. <laughs> Spend five minutes and read it. Yeah, no kidding. So, I think, you know, getting to the root of who we are as humans is much more productive. And I think with Groove, it's so interesting. I have so many community leader friends who say, gosh, I'm so sick of the virtual coffee chats, of putting 30 minutes on my calendar and trying to get to know someone better. And I, and I think to myself, wow, I'm so grateful that I have Grooves because for 50 of those minutes, when I hang out with my community members, I get to get shit done. I get to work on something. So it's a very easy way to have that experience. And I think that the key is it's it's an experience. It's a shared experience where I'm getting to know that person through the act of doing something together. And so when you think about getting to know someone like this business just shared with you, 
I would challenge them to think about what's a shared experience they could put on your calendar rather than a conversation, because there's so much more connection that comes from that shared experience. If I didn't have grooves tomorrow to get to know someone the way that I do, I would challenge myself to figure out what type of an experience could I set up in 10 minutes on a phone call or a Zoom call that would help me get to the root of who someone is. And I'm going to find out something that I couldn't read about them online. I couldn't listen to in a podcast episode. Because if you start there in building a relationship, it's so much richer than starting with, oh, so tell me about yourself. One of the things I think you and the Groove team have done so beautifully is cultivating the community and focusing on retention and the experience of the community over chasing new community members. It's not like you're not chasing new community members, but for a long time, you've been emailing existing community members, inviting people to town halls, hosting, you know, monthly planning sessions. There's a lot of communication that you've done. That's a really standout thing for a tech company to be doing. But it's also something that I'd like to see more service providers and creatives doing. How do you think about that, like pulling in the people that are already here closer? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's really a chance for you to say, okay, who do I want to stay in the room? <laughs> you know, we we create these spaces, we create these containers. I'm gonna be really sad if you walk out the door one day and you're no longer in the room. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you're creating a space, even if, you know, if you're a business owner and you're like, I want to start these coffee chats in the city I live in, like the solopreneurs group that you started. If you're like, I want to gather people. And for me, a win really looks like there being at least four people there. If there's four people there, it's a win. If there are 14 people there, great. But maybe, you know, bottom line, I want four people there. And those four people, if they didn't show up for the second one, I might be really sad because they were who it was for. So if they didn't show up the next time, I, I did something wrong. <laughs> there was something about my clarity that I thought I had nailed this who it's for and what it's for, that they didn't come back. And so I would wanna learn from that experience. Um, I, I, we do a lot of that inside of Groove is going back and asking for that feedback. If someone pauses grooving for a little while, if they don't come back, if they groove once and they don't return, we want to learn about that because on paper, they looked like someone who we thought would stick around in that room for a really long time. And so I do have a list of people that like, if you walked out of the room, I'd be like, Lex, what changed? <laughs> because you're, you're someone that I really want to stay in that room. So as you're, you know, as you're building whatever that community looks like for you, even if it's a small gathering, even if it's your newsletter subscribers, if you see that unsubscribe from someone that you really felt like you were building this for, go and ask them for feedback. Try to understand it. And then you might decide to revisit that who it's for and what it's for. Earlier this week, I had this exact experience happen. We've been hosting these town halls inside of Groove now for nine months, which is crazy to think it's been nine months. And really they started as a way for us to say, let's bring everyone into, into conversation together once a month share what are the, some of the things going down the pipeline, but also hear feedback from groovers, answer questions and make it a conversation and try not to make it like a top down thing, but in, instead like a, hey, let's gather once a month to talk about where we're heading together. And over the last two months, we've had less and less attendees. And it's been an interesting thing for like the first time it happened, I was like, maybe this is just a weird month. Like, I don't know, something's happening. <laughs> Second time it happened, I was like, 
I need to I need to double down. I need to figure this out. Something about this is not going according to plan. Whatever the need was originally, maybe the need shifted. Maybe the people who we originally decided to create this for, the people we really wanted in that room, don't want to block off 30 minutes on their calendar <laughs> to show up. Maybe they don't want to listen to a Q&A. Maybe they just want a five-minute podcast episode with Josh and I sharing some of the things we've got coming down the pipeline. They're busy humans. Like, trying to understand and revisit that who it's for and what it's for, I think that's the the, the key there. <laughs> so I literally sent out an email to like eight groovers this morning and was like, hey, if you have five minutes today, this is what's happened with the town halls. What kind of conversations would be your dream conversations to have with the Groove community and the Groove team every month? Or is it not every month? Like I asked just a bunch of different questions. So I already got two responses that were extremely generous and so sweet. And I was like, yes, it is great to get out of my own damn head <laughs> and listen to someone else's thoughts and talk to the people who I'm actually building this for. If you are looking for your creative community, you should check out Groove the co-working app made with creative entrepreneurs in mind. Inside Groove, you'll join 50-minute focused sessions with a small group of other ambitious makers. Unlike Zoom co-working, you'll spend most of the session with audio and video off. What's great about Groove is that you'll meet other rad creatives in a purposeful environment without feeling forced to network. It's a low-key way to expand your network, get more done, and feel connected to community. Head over to groove.oo and mention this show when you apply. Feeling a little discombobulated going into 2024? I know the feeling. That's why system strategist Devin Lee and I are teaming up for Quarterly Planning Party Growth Trackers Edition. Devin created Quarterly Planning Party because she noticed a lot of her fellow business owners were running fast without a plan. If you don't know where you're headed, it's really easy to not get there. But never fear. You can join us Wednesday, January 10th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern to get your Q1 action plan together. Go to joingrowthtrackers.com slash plan to learn more and get your ticket. I'm curious how you think about your, your, so you have some background in social media before moving into Groove, right? You did a lot of that with, with Seth's company. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about community, I think a lot of times people think like Facebook groups or circle or Slack or whatever. They think like we There's have to so be... many different ones now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, we have like to a be long list. in a forum together <laughs> chatting on threads. But that's not when we talk about community, like that's not really what we're talking about. How do you think about your broader community? Like all these people that may not even share common space. How do you think about cultivating them in your life? Well, in terms of the content that I share, you know, I think that like how we show up on social media, the content we put out there, the comments we're sharing on people's posts, like I I think that type of stuff is is a great way to like reflect on how am I connecting with these humans on a regular basis? And so for me, over time, I've figured out like, what are the pillars of what I like talking about on LinkedIn? That's where I show up the most. Like, what are the pillars of the things that I love talking about? And I, that really, that was also something that I did in community with a freelancer that I work with. And so to have that other person uh, be there and like be in that conversation with me was really helpful when I started to define this about a year and a half ago with how I was showing up on LinkedIn. Um, actually, it was Brandy Cerny, who we both know. Oh, um, and so shout out yeah. to Brandy. <laughs> shout out to Brandy. And so um, she 
I, honestly, it might have been when she was already full-time on the team, um, now that I'm thinking about it, because she did come on full-time to work with the group team. And she had set aside, I don't remember if it was at 30 minutes or an hour, but we talked about my presence on LinkedIn. And she asked me questions about like the stories I love telling and things like that, and just gave space for it. And so it started to create like a long list of ideas of things that I could write about one day. Um, and so I revisited that recently with Ash, who's a freelancer that we work with now. And she, like, it's interesting over time, like I said, in seasons, what you want to share, what you want to talk about might feel different. Um, and what I got to with Ash was, what are the things that I can't shut up about? That if you said, Taylor, what are your tips for hosting a gathering with friends in your house or apartment? I could go off for an hour, two hours, all day long. If someone said, um, what are little moments of joy you can add into your day that only you'll see, but you know will make a big difference in your day? I could go off. <laughs> like there are like so many little topics that I am uniquely excited to talk about and are something I could talk about in my sleep. I don't have to prepare. Like I love these things. And so when as I've, you know, it's funny to reflect back on like this conversation I had with Brandy, where it was like, we were talking about like, oh, that conversation was more like, if you had to give a tip to a community leader who's just getting started, what would you t share with them? And so I, you know, I had some different things and those are great things, but it really was more of the focus of this audience of community leaders and sh trying to kind of like talk to people like that. Now I just show up as myself. I'm like, hey, <laughs> here's me. I went to the little free library near me recently. And this is what I learned. <laughs> like, it's everyday stories where I find a little lesson in it. And I just hope if someone reads it, and there's something that's actionable that they could do in one, two, three minutes. Great. That's the kind of contact that content that I like putting out there. Um, so I would say find whatever content makes you excited, because those are the types of people that are going to be attracted to it and the types of people you want to be in the room with. Um, and I think that's what's so interesting about something like LinkedIn. And this is something that I could talk about for an hour, so we won't. But the first degree connections versus secondary degree connections is like such an interesting concept, because how many people actually say yes to people that they don't know? Everyone, all the time. People say yes to first degree connections all the time. First degree connections mean nothing on LinkedIn because you have no idea what someone's boundaries are with that, if they would rather follow that person, if they are going to let them into their network. And so I think there's something interesting about the relationships that happen on LinkedIn that just by the way that they are organized there, they're not rich in that way. I wish I could say my first degree connections then have like little subtitles where I'm like, I actually know this person in real life, or this person is a groover, or this person subscribes to my newsletter, whatever it is. So, um, you know, I think when, when we think about like, who is the pe who are the people that were showing up in their feeds? Think about within that large group of all the people you have in your first degree connections, and maybe even seconds, um, who do you really want to connect with as human human? And I think that's where it comes that's that's where you're going to get the clients. That's where you're going to build the relationships is when you're showing up as yourself and not just selling what you do, but instead saying, this is how I show up in the world. These are the things I care about. Yeah, because it's the same room, right? You're in the same room with those people on LinkedIn, ideally, right? That you're in in these other yeah. rooms. And that's what I love about your content, Taylor. It's very clearly for those of us who already know you. And it's not mm -hmm. it's not primarily for like randos who are just meeting you in this LinkedIn post and this approach that a lot of folks take to social media to your point about first degree connections is like 
let me connect with everyone. I, I'm in a group and somebody was like, I think I'm going to hit my 30,000 max limit for connections. And someone else was like, why are you connected to that many people? <laughs> but it's like, they're just like, let me connect all the dots. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's such a strong play to instead say, who do I want to stay in the room? Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, what's really helpful and maybe someone else will find this helpful is like for so long, I was doing this alone. I wasn't having those conversations with Brandy. I wasn't having those conversations with Ash who were supporting me and trying to figure this out. I would say if you have a friend, whether they are a creative friend who is a small business owner like you, whether they have a newsletter like you, they're an author like you, or they're just like your partner or your friend, your neighbor, whatever. If you can have someone else to hold space for 30 minutes or an hour and help you talk through some of those things that you care a lot about, I have a feeling that there are going to be so many interesting things come up that you didn't even think about. And then the next time you have a conversation with that person, they might start to spot other interesting things you could talk about. And that's happened a lot with Ash and I ever since we had that conversation. Like the other day we were talking and I was like, I'm obsessed with the New York City ferry. And she was like, why? And I'm like, oh, I could talk about this for an hour. And she's like, why is the New York City ferry? Like what is so community oriented about it. What about it is sparking joy for you? Like there's a story in there that relates to who I am and the things I love talking about in the world. And Ash spotted it from just me saying, I love this thing. Because when you start to say you love something, it might be something you could talk about for an hour. So um, find the, find that friend or a couple of friends who might be able to help you start spawning those things. And you can be transparent with them. Like, hey, if I ever say anything like that, just like note, like maybe you should write about that. That's how you get people on your team, right, Taylor? Yes. Yes. Get them on your Full team. Full circle. Okay. We so um, as I mentioned, we've covered networking on this show. We've also covered networking as an introvert. And I'm curious, community, engaging in community, no matter how you're doing that, whether you're commenting on people's LinkedIn's or showing up in something like Groove, it can be a little bit daunting or energy draining for some uh some of our folks out there. And so I'm curious tips that you have about sort of like wading into engaging in that if it doesn't feel that natural for you to engage with others? This is a hard question for me to answer because when you think about like the introvert versus extrovert spectrum, I'm like so far in the extrovert spectrum that I'm off the spectrum. <laughs> Post extrovert. I am no longer on it. People are like, wait, where'd she go? Um, so so <laughs> it's not like I'm like an introvert that like slowly got closer to the middle and then like went to the other side. Um, so it's hard for me to share from my own personal experience. What I've seen in groovers, because so many groovers are introverts. And what's funny about it is we'll get on these research calls. We do these regular research calls and, you know, it's like a 30 minute call where we chit chat about like, hey, you've done 10 grooves. Want to learn from you? Like, how's your experience been? How can we make it better? And people will be like, um, I'm not sure how to say this, but I'm an introvert. And we're like, why is this like a, a closeted secret? Like, hello? <laughs> and they're like, well, it's just that the app is like you're on your you're on your video and you're talking to people and like it was just it's such an interesting thing because we've seen that moment of like being uncomfortable about like, hey, I show up in this social space, but I actually like get my own energy from being on my own in my own time. And this is something that I get a little bit of energy from, but like this isn't how I recharge. And so it's been interesting to see how so many introverts have loved Groove because it's only a few minutes on video and then you get to be in your own space in your own time. Okay. So Taylor, if you could give our listener one tip 
for fostering their community, what would that one tip be? My one tip is to talk to your community like your friends already, even if you're meeting them for the very first time. That has been my motto when I write anything for as long as I can remember. Um, if I'm writing an email to the group community, a, a newsletter, if I'm writing a DM to a new groover, if I'm connecting with someone on LinkedIn, I talk to them like we've already been friends because that's where you wanna get. So why do the awkward dance of trying to be weirdly professional? I would love to be added to your network. No, you don't. You wanna become friends with this person. Let's talk like real humans. I love including tiny little details too that tell help that person start to learn a little bit about me. So if I am sending that LinkedIn request, I might let them know, like, I'm, sent, I'm waving hello from New York City in my pumpkin-scented apartment right now. I've got a candle going. I love candles. Surprise. Like, <laughs> there's, like, little hints you can drop in those messages um, that just help someone already feel warm with you. And if you're someone who's creating spaces for vulnerable conversations or talking about, you know, the challenges in their business, that type of warmth in that first interaction is so important. Um, and I think it's also something that helps someone um, just latch on to something. I was having, a, I had a really sweet moment yesterday where I got a DM from a groover who um, his uh, wife isn't feeling 100%. And so he said he went to Trader Joe's, which I have talked about several times. I think there's so much I could talk Again, a topic that I could go off on. I have listened to their podcast. I have so many stories in Trader Joe's. And so at some point, I must have told this groover that one of the things that I love getting from Trader Joe's if I'm having a bad day is their frozen blueberry waffles. They just like, I feel like a kid when I get them and when I eat them, popping those suckers in the toaster. But then I also at the same time feel like an adult that I can just be like, I'm 26 and I'm eating a toaster waffle because I can. <laughs> and so it's a funny like, Thing that I must have expressed him at some point. So he sent me this DM yesterday and he said, my wife's not feeling well. I went to Trader Joe's. I saw those frozen blueberry waffles and I went ahead and bought them. And I'm, I know they're going to bring joy to her. And I wanted to say thank you for the recommendation. I have no idea when I told this man this like small detail about my love for these waffles, but I dropped it. And I think that's the thing is as you start to meet someone, even in that first interaction, in that second interaction, start dropping those little specific things I didn't mention it because I thought it was going to be a point of conversation or it was going to change his wife's life, his life. I mentioned it because it just gave a little view into who I am. So talk to people like they're your friends and drop those hints so that they can get to know who you are at your core and little tiny details that they can remember and then feel thoughtful for remembering as well. Um, because that goes back to all that generosity. Taylor, is there anything that you're up to that you want to share with our listener? What's coming up for you? Yeah, well, we are launching the paid version of Groove in January, which is pretty crazy. We've been building this as like a private beta free version now for two and a half years I've been working on it. And so to go into the paid version of it as a membership where people can come and co-work together with other business owners is like a huge deal <laughs> for all of us. Um, so I'm really excited about it. So if you want to check it out, www. I don't even know why I said that. Like, of course, anything on the internet is www. <laughs> Groove.oo, like out of office, and you can apply there. Just mention my name, mention this podcast episode. I'll read your application. We let everyone off on Mondays. Um, so yeah, check it out. Also, if you want to listen to our podcast episode together, Lex and I recorded one on the on your team podcast. It's a great time. It's a fun way to flip over the mic and hear Lex talk about her work. So 
Yeah, those are my two things. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Yeah, Taylor, I really appreciate your perspective on community. And um, I think the world is better when we when we cultivate community this way. So thank you for being here. Amen to that. Let's build the opposite of loneliness. Taylor's approach might feel hard to bottle, but I invite you to consider what community building looks like for your business. In what ways can you give value to the people you want to surround yourself with? This reframe of networking into community building has been really impactful for a lot of my clients. It means you don't have to give out as many business cards as you can possibly print, but instead you can check your email inbox, you can check your DMs, you can check your text messages for people who you really enjoy connecting with. You can focus more on the people you like, on bringing people in who you're interested in spending time with, and less on running up the Rolodex numbers. You do wanna make sure that some of those people are connected to your buyers. That goes back to what Taylor was saying about being in the right rooms and finding the right puzzle pieces. Find Taylor on LinkedIn, though your best chance of running into her is in a groove, unless you happen to find yourself on the New York waterways. For more on this topic, check out the series I did on networking for introverts. It's a compilation of fantastic advice from community members and experts on systems, places, and conversations. Find the series anywhere you're listening to this episode. Until next time, keep that energy low until you know the value will be high.